Hey, everybody. Thanks for listening to the Raw Knuckles podcast. We'd really appreciate it if you'd like, subscribe, and share with a friend. When I stepped on the ice, I never backed down, and I never stayed down. And I was vicious, and I was malicious, and I don't care. I'm alive. He's a freaking madman. Look at him going to town. That'll be a suspension. That'll be a fine. Alive, I'm alive, I'm alive, I'm alive. Uh, welcome into the Raw Knuckles podcast, Dennis. Awesome. Uh, the NHL season has begun, and um, the Habs right here. Let's start with the Montreal Canadiens. You know, great first game, obviously, with the Maple Leafs. Uh, big win for them. They looked – I was so surprised at the way they played. Um, and, listen, they took advantage of some turnovers, and Allen stood in his head, played really well. Um, and then the next two games, they were okay. What I liked, I saw a lot of effort. Uh, right. I didn't see guys dogging it, but – um, you know, with those young, that young crowd in the blue line, they're going to have these games. But what do you think of their start so far? Well, I, I expected about this, to be honest. I didn't expect to win over Toronto, obviously, but they've only given up three goals a game, which is good. Uh, what I really suspect and, and where the struggle is going to be is on offense. Ducks. Haven't scored a power play goal yet. Uh, and they don't have a power play quarterback. It's as simple as that. You look at the blue line. I mean, Chris, I, I guess Weidman's running the power play. He's the only defenseman on the power play. And that's that's not going to be good enough. And good luck tonight in Pittsburgh because that team's scoring like you know seven goals a game. So not unexpected. But again, you have to embrace what the team is going to be um, this season, where it's going to be more losses than wins. They're going to have the occasional game where they play well. But I think structurally, defensively, they've been fine. I think you're going to see three one or three nothing games. I just I don't think enough about this offense when you have like Kirby Doc and. Uh, Sean Monahan is basically your top line time-wise, five on five. It's going to be a struggle all season. So not surprised. And I'm, I'm really eager to see um, how they play tonight in Pittsburgh against a team that brought the band back together and uh, is clicking on all cylinders right now. All right. We'll, we'll stick with it up front. Uh, Caulfield, great first game. You know, had some shots the next two games, and some opportunities. They got to they gotta find him on the power play, no question about right. it. They got to start to um, – you know, if they don't start scoring there, they're going to be uh, struggling for sure. And it's it's difficult enough to score goals in this league. And they're going to, uh, if they're not going to capitalize on the power play, um, they, they got to start to find him. But that being said, uh, Drew Ann set out the first two games. And, uh, yeah. uh, you know, he gets back in um, and they take out Pitlick. Now, I like Pitlick. I thought he played well. I like like what he brings every night. But obviously... You're not going to keep uh, a Drew in, on, in the stands for too mm-hmm. long until you start hearing the noise here in Montreal. So, again, th- this kid, um, I don't know. They got him with it, Josh Anderson. I got it. He, they're trying to insulate him. They're buddies. Josh is going to take care of him. But it's like I, I think people just, ex- you know, I don't know. They expect more from this kid. Do you think he lasts with this new regime, or do you think they're going to move on from Jonathan Drouin at some point? I know it's early in the season, but I just I get a feeling that this team um, uh, may want to move on from this management team. I think they would like to, but if he's going to play fourth-line minutes and play seven minutes a night, um, how do you raise his – his value gets raised by playing. 
And if you're going to yeah. bury him on the fourth line or you're going to scratch him, I don't know how you do that. I think a team would have to be super desperate. He'd have to put up some significant numbers, guys, to say, okay, here's some value. Let's take a, you know, we'll retain some money. We'll take a low round pick for the guy. But right now in the moment, he's got to play to, to derive any value. I don't know a team that would want him at this point in time. You figure it's only going to be a contending team. And he's not going to be a feature player. So where would he fit? He might fit on a third line on a championship team, maybe Colorado or maybe a Calgary. But I, I, I don't see it unless he gets in the lineup. And I don't think, you know, I mean, you're going to play Evans with Hoffman and Drouin. Like those guys aren't fourth line guys. They aren't energy guys. And you might get some offense on that line. But if you're going to feature these guys and you want to move them, they're going to have to play more significant time. And the problem is who would you move down the lineup to get Drouin to get the minutes to make him valuable some other team. I, it, it's going to be a tough – I think it's going to be tough to be able to move him. They're going to have to retain probably half the salary. And if, even at that point, I'm not sure there's going to be a taker at this point unless he gets in the games and produces. Well, he's a UFA next year, right? So you, you yeah. see him down the road. If that happens, they don't re-sign him. Just say they don't re-sign him. They can't get rid of him. Mm-hmm. They can't trade him. Can't get anything for him. Um, do you see some team probably – taking a stab at him for short money yeah arizona <laughs> or chicago yeah, right? like, teams <laughs> at the bottom right yeah. I, I, unless he has some sort of revelation here and he gets like you know he gets into 50 games and has 11 goals or something like that at a 20 goal pace i i hope that, i hope so for the guy he's been through a lot uh but he's got to get in the lineup and if you're still looking to win, win games maybe down the stretch if they're really out of it well i expect they do and you put him in the lineup to feature him because there's going to be scouts in the building and January and February, then it may be at that point. Um, but I don't know if he's good enough to be on this top six. So it's it's a tough situation. They're probably going to have to ride it out, and then John's going to have to make a decision on how he wants to do uh, to further his career. It's probably going to be with a lesser team. How's, how's that young guy been playing, that Slavkovsky? I saw him the first game, but overall, what do you think of him? I think he's in the right spot, Tim. You put him on the third line, so he's not a top six, doesn't have the pressure. And he's getting what, maybe I don't know, eight nine minutes a night, um, uh, five on five. I, I, he looks physically, he looks like he belongs. He's going to make a lot of mistakes. He's going to be up the ice when the other team scores, and the co- and Matt, uh, Marty's not going to like that. But again, here's a guy that look at the benefit that you know Caulfield had and Suzuki had in playing with Marty San Louis, who's been that type of player, right? So I think that fact that he's a player's coach, keep him there. Keep him on the third line all season. Don't put any more pressure on him. Let him learn the game. Let him get his butt kicked a couple of nights when it's a bad game for him and a bad game for the team. I would keep him with this team. Like This is the perfect learning opportunity for a player like this where there's not a lot at stake. You're not going for the playoffs. Let him learn from the big boys. Let him learn from Marty San Luis. So I, I like the way they positioned him, Tim. I don't expect a lot from a production standpoint. If you get it, that's great. Um, he's not going to be Cole Caulfield this season. He's not going to score 30 goals. But if he gets double digits, it's going to certainly help his um, his confidence going into next season. And that's what you need to do. You need to build this player's confidence to say, okay, I can play at the most highest level at the, the best league in the world. So I like what they're doing, keep him on the third line. Unless he has a big season, starts blowing up, and you want to take maybe Kirby Doc off the, uh, you know, the, the first line or uh, Dodonoff if you want up training him. Um, but I do like where he's positioned in this lineup right now. Yeah, you know, I'm watching him, um, especially in Detroit. Like, he looked tentative in the first mm-hmm. period. He was kind of, you know, on the outside. He wasn't being assertive. 
And then I don't know what the coach said to him afterwards, but he, he looked like, you know, a different player. I think he, yeah. you know, he must have had a talk with him and said, listen, go just go out there and grab the puck to try and make some plays, do something. He looked at like he got a message. It seemed like he played a bit better, but yeah, there's going to be some growing pains there. And I, I can't wait to see um, this kid bloom. And it's, it's yeah. going to take some time. Do you think he, you know, he gets the 10 games here and then maybe goes to Laval? Or what's that look like? I would I would keep him up. What's the point? I mean, what, what's he really going to learn in Lavelle? I get it. If you want him to not play against the big guys and the you know the Roman Yossi's and the Matias Ekholms and the Victor Hebbins every night and really get a – but this is the perfect opportunity to – because you know there's nothing at stake with respect to the playoffs. It's a perfect opportunity to get this kid this – and I'm aggressive. I'd be aggressive, GM. This guy's the first overall pick. I want him on the team. I want him learning now so he can help me next season. Right, so that that's the issue. And that, with respect to him being tentative nuts, I see it a lot because there's a lot of youngsters in Los Angeles playing here. Like they're deferential to the veterans. They're always they're, they're not like grabbing it. They're not going for the gusto. I saw it with yeah. guys like Adrian Kempe. Not that it would take six years for Slavkovsky to, to get to the point where Kempe is, where he's a 30 goal scorer now. Rookies defer to the to the veterans. So that's why you see that tentative play. So I don't think it's a it's a person-specific situation with Slavkovsky. I think it, the fact that he's a rookie and you have these quote-unquote star players around you, you you're going to be deferential. So um, so I think that's a situation. I would keep him here. You send him to the AHL. I got no beef with what they do with this guy, but I, I want this guy seasoned for next season because I'm going to need him for next season. Yeah, for sure. Um, and, and, you know, listen, they got some promising young guys, no question, and it's going to take time. We get it. On the back end, you know, playing, I mean, yeah, Abba Jackai, uh, yeah. Harris, Caden Gooley. Caden Gooley, 22 minutes the other night, like unbelievable minutes for such a young kid, but he handled it. Like he looked like he, he honestly, listen, it's, it's mm-hmm. that one game. He looked good in all three games, but what I'm saying, he, he looked like a seasoned veteran. So early. Yeah, he wasn't it's overmatched. Like well, it, it helps when you have the security blanket of David Sador, where he's, he's yeah. probably thinking, okay, if I screw up here, David's going to has my back and he'll correct my error. So that that's a nice security blanket to have because David Sador is a solid pro who's a defense guy first, and it gives the opportunity for this kid to learn. And, and you got to learn. Yes, is that too many minutes for that player? Yeah, sure. But again, yeah. one of the state, who are you going to put up there? Look at look at the left side. Who are you going to put up there? Jack Harris, Oliver Jacki. So yeah, rightfully so. He's probably the most talented one. He is the most talented one. So you put him up there. Let him learn, and hopefully this reaps benefits Nux into in you know next season or the season after, um, where you have these kids who got this experience and, and went, went through a tough season, which I expect it will be, and they learn from this. It's a learning opportunity. Okay, it can't be as bad. We bought him out last season. There'll be better players around them as well. So I, I like the way that Marty's deployed these young players so far. Now, is it going to change ten games in if they're one and nine? Probably, but at that point, you worry about it then. But uh, to start. I have no problem the way this line is being deployed, and especially the youngsters, even though there are a lot of youngsters. You have to ask me which youngster I'm talking about. But <laughs> yeah. but, I, but but with Sokowski and Gulli, I, I have a problem with either one, the way he's using them. And, you know, Edmund, Edmondson and Matheson both hurt, both out. Um, yeah. You know, with, get those two guys back in there, it changes things, and it looks a little better on the back end, which they're going to need. Uh, we just seen Jake Allen take a leave of absence for parental reasons. I don't know what that mm-hmm. means, but uh, he's out with Primo coming up. 
Um, mm-hmm. And so they're going to have to rely on Montembeau. Now, he didn't play too bad, uh, but, you know, the back back end there without Jake, Jake Allen in that, I worry about Primo up here. Yeah, well, you got to play Montembeau tonight against Pittsburgh. That wouldn't be yeah. – he wouldn't throw the guy to the Sharks like that. That would yeah. be fair. Right. Oh, either way, we're going to call you up and you're going to face Sid and Gino and everybody's healthy on Pittsburgh. Sid still got it. Sid still got it, obviously. Last time I checked him, he does, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, I'd rather play, you know, Primo against uh, Pittsburgh halfway through the season when, you know, four of their forwards are out. So, But but you're right about the the banged-up nature of the defense, Knox. I think it'll be certainly more stable when uh, Matheson – uh, comes back as well as, as the other guys. So that's uh, – look, you're just biding your time here. Not having Allen's going to hurt. And they're up against it tonight because, again, this is a team that's healthy, clicking on all cylinders. But, again, what kind of lessons are, are these kids going to learn playing Sid and Gino and uh, star power? I mean, you know, some of these guys are going to walk on the ass and like, wow, 87, 71, Chris Letang grew up idolizing these guys. So it's going to be a nice challenge for them. Uh, but uh, you got to play the games. And, you know, look – if I told you guys 4-3 Montreal over Toronto opening night, you never know. But, again, this looks like uh, – if you look at the betting odds, it's a pretty big overmatch right now tonight in uh, Pittsburgh. Yeah. You know, yeah, we're going to see nights like that in Toronto game, yeah. you know, where they're going to come out and you're going to go, wow, where, where's this been? Yeah. But that that's the most difficult thing, getting these young kids uh, to be that consistent player. It takes time yeah. and um, hopefully – Hopefully we see more of those games. How about the other night, Kerry Price coming out, the ovation he got, it was incredible. Now, um, there, there was an article in The Athletic about him, his possible knee surgery. He said he still mm-hmm. wants to play. He has a passion to play, but uh, it's pretty complicated as far as the knee. Do you think Do you think we ever see him again? No. What's the point? I, I don't see it. I, I, this team is not going to be in a position – if this was the Tampa Bay Lightning and he was playing for Tampa Bay and he hadn't won a cup yet, then yeah, I get it. This team is far away from being a contender. I know he loves to play. He has a passion play. That's great. Um, he has to worry about his family and his physical ability to, to walk around 10, 20 years from now. I think that's what he has to concentrate on. And the, the ovation, that's why I love Montreal, because that was an amazing ovation from the fans. They understand the connection between this team, that player, and the fan base. Right? He's been their leader their best guy on the team for a long time. It's unfortunate what's going on, but physically, I just, he tried last, if you couldn't get on the ice last season, Nucks, and you're going to have another, it just, I, I don't get it. Like, Carrie's set, he's set for life. If you want to do it, that's a family conversation that he has to have with his wife and his kids about what he wants to do with his career. If he wants to continue to playing and doctors can clear him, I guess it's okay. Yeah. I, I'm not sure it's the best thing for him right now, to be honest with you. I think he should just, you know, ride off into the sunset. He'll still get paid on the contract, which is nice for him. Uh, but um, I would, I would be very careful. I'm Carey Price about my physical ability. Not now, not playing the game, but in the future and with his family. Yeah, and it, if he wants to play though, and he does make that decision, I mean, does he play a game for the Montreal Canadiens again, or what do they do with his con? You know, what do they do with him? I would retain salary if he was totally healthy and trade him to some to a contending team because at five million dollars a year, a healthy carry price is very attractive. Get you assets, right? Yeah. They don't need him now, and, and I think by the time they're ready to win, he's going to be. A, he may not be the same carry price. Maybe right now he is. I mean, Tim, he may not be the same carry price when he comes back from another mm-hmm. surgery. I, I don't know. That that's the other challenge. The other issue. Yeah, you're healthy, but you know, go, your, your body breaks down, and especially for a goaltender. 
I'm not sure. So if he can prove that he can play and play healthy and play well, um, if I'm used, I'm burning up the phone. Because guess what? The great thing about that is if he is able to be healthy, you see it every offseason. There's at least six teams that don't think they're good enough in goal. And there's such a carousel now in goaltending. And look at Colorado. I'm not saying we'd go to Colorado, but look at Colorado. They're like, oh, the guy who won the cup, Darcy Kemper. Okay, well, go have fun in Washington. We're not going to pay you. And we're going to get Georgiev. Right. And it just it, this uh, the Edmonton is Jack Campbell answer. I don't know. So there's a there's two or three. Go- Look, Shostarkin, Vasilevsky, Connor Hellbuck, Saros. Yeah. But if, if he can prove to him that he can come back and play well, I'm trading the guy. Now, he's got a no movement clause, So maybe that's part of it. Maybe he only wants to play in Montreal. But I suspect the one thing of his legacy he doesn't have is a ring. And if he can go to a contending team and possibly win um, there. I think he would entertain that. That's At least that's what I would do. I'm not sure how he feels about his legacy. The only last thing he needs to do from a hockey standpoint is win a championship, which he hasn't done in Montreal. Yeah. Well, it's going to be it's going to be interesting to see what he does, you know, as far as the surgery, getting that done, how long it's going to take to bounce yeah. back. I just I, I kind of think if he, he he gets it and he starts feeling better, he's going to get that itch again. We'll see. But uh, who knows? Who knows? Yeah. All right, Dennis. So, so the Habs, obviously Pittsburgh tonight. Uh, we'll see how that goes. Yeah, the rest of the NHL, the start of the season, um, is some some pretty good games, obviously. But uh, how about that battle of Alberta? You know, God, they look terrible. Edmonton in that first period. Yeah. Ah, God, Jack Campbell. We just talked about him the other day. Is he really? That guy, the, the starter, he gets yanked. And then, uh, mm-hmm. you know, they battle back, which was good. But uh, what do you think of the Battle of Alberta at the start of the season? It, it's going to be really hard to contain Edmonton all, uh, for 60 minutes, right? Because they started that way against Vancouver, too, right? They were 3 nothing. We mentioned it last week, and they went up and rallied. So great battle. Uh, when you see Nas Kadri out there, now you know why they, they went and got him. It wasn't a luxury. Even with the centers that they had, it wasn't a luxury to get Nas Kadri. He's going to make a difference on this team. He could put them over against Edmonton in the playoffs because I suspect that when we get to the uh, to uh, the Pacific Division final, it's going to be uh, Edmonton and Calgary um, to go out to play in the, in the final four. Like, it makes them a, a tougher team to play against. And look, they were tough to play against anyway. Uh, but the toughness that Kachuk brings is different than the toughness that Nas Kadri brings. Plus, now you can move Backlund down to the three seed. Nas, remember, Nas is an 80-point player last year. Now, maybe some of it is a halo effect of playing in Colorado, so maybe he's not going to be an 80-point player in Calgary. But this team appears with Mackenzie Wegar, you know, with Uberda. It appears to be wow. a better team for the playoffs. Um, so I love what they – and it's going to be – those games are going to be wars. And, and I don't think what will happen if they do play each other in the playoffs, guys – that's going to be a five-game series either way. I think it's going to be a long, drawn-out six- or seven-game war because it really wasn't much of a war. You know, Calgary won that first game. Yeah. And Edmonton handled them pretty easily. But, again, that's the reason that they, they went out and got Nas Kadri to play Edmonton in the playoffs. That's basically what they did. First In the first game, he didn't disappoint. Really liked that player. He's tough. He's going to bring that edge that they didn't have. Not saying that they were a soft team. But he makes them much more dangerous, I think, once to the postseason. And that's that's the goal right now for Calgary, to go deep in the postseason. Yeah, Kadri, I, I got to tell you, um, I was, I, I guess, a bit surprised. But I, I was happy for him 
because the crap he took in Toronto. Listen, he made some bonehead mm-hmm. plays. He did some stupid yep. things, and he paid for it. The credit I want to give the kid is the fact that he he's matured. He's learned from it, and he's he's a different guy now. Was fine. He still plays with the edges, but all the other the nonsense, the the crazy yeah. stuff. I, I I you've seen it, right? I mean, you can't yeah, bad decision. Can't say he hasn't. No, you no. Know? But he but see, you know, he, the one thing about Nas. Nas didn't tune out that stuff when people criticized him. Because you remember, you know, on ice to David Amber, when they won the championship last year, he said, to all the people thinking I was a distraction, you can kiss my ass. Yeah. So he heard all the criticism. And he <laughs> yeah, and he corrected this game. That was one of the best lines. I opened the last, our opening show for uh, for Hot Stove on Sirius XM. I just, uh, I, I played that, I played that clip because he knew, he knew the criticism. He knew he made mistakes and he corrected it. And it's the dumb decisions that hurt the team. And when you make those decisions, Tim knows as a as a former player that that's selfish. Like when you throw a guy into the boards and you know that you get if you do that, you're going to be suspended for ten days. That's selfish. That's that's not a team play. I don't care how hard you can play hard. You can't play stupid. And it was selfish what he did in those times he got suspended. And he told the line. Maybe it was a better room. Maybe playing with you know with Landeskog and Makar and and the great players that they have on that team. Um, he, he knew that I, I can't really do that and be selfish. We're on the cusp of winning a championship here. So I, I like this player. I think those days are over. He's won his championship. He's calmed down. He's gotten paid. Um, I, I think you'll see a different player. So I think the risk of pulling those stunts again, I, I, I minimize them at this point in time because I think you're right. He has matured. He's won a championship. And now he has a long-term contract. Yeah, no, great points. I like him. I, I, I think early on, like you just said, Nux, too, about maturing, like maybe he, he looked at like a teammate or a guy that you couldn't trust, right? Like you said, it's selfish. He'd take dumb, dumb suspensions, things have. like that. Right? Yeah. Yeah. You know, As I, I might have. Ha- <laughs> I don't know if I ever, I might have got suspended. No, I don't think I ever got suspended. I might have yelled at the ref or something and got a 10 minute. But, anyways, um, no, but not today. Like I would take him. I, I think anybody would take him, right? Like he would, yeah. he's, he's got so much value. I love the guy. I'm always rooting for him. So, yeah, no, these are great points for sure. Um, how about Toronto? Now, God, this Matt Murray, what is going <laughs> on with Matt Murray? Like, did, now, I know a lot of people say, oh, we saw this coming. But it's like crazy that he is hurt right now. Well, they took a, they took a risk, and now you know it's a doctor injury, which is going to happen. The, the the problem with the injury isn't like how long he's going to be out now; it's that has the risk of being a nagging injury all season, and that's what you yeah. don't want, right? And that's the problem. That was the challenge, and that was the risk with signing a player, a, a goaltender like that, that. That's injured a lot, like that. That are these nagging injuries is going to hound him all season, like like a Freddie Anderson. Same thing with Freddie Anderson. I think that they could have gone to the cup if Freddie was healthy. Like they had to play that Kachekov kid for you know third string goaltender against the Rangers in Game Seven. It wasn't going to work, and that's yeah. a risk you ha- have. And they that they assessed that Murray and Samsonov were good, and, and not for nothing. I think Samsonov was going to really be the guy anyway. Like why the time we get to Game Forty? Him. Yeah, I think he was going to yeah. outplay him because he's going to a be healthier. I think he's a better goaltender, and Matt was a goaltender, a good goaltender. Where, Three, four seasons ago, he hasn't played enough games to, to say, okay, this is the same guy that won the championship in Pittsburgh. I don't think it is. And so I think it would have happened normally. But again, Samsonov can't play 62 games either. You need Matt Murray for 40 games. If Samsonov is really going to be the guy, the sweet spot for goalies now is 45, 55 games. Because I'll mention the team that we just talked about, Calgary. 
they wore down. Uh, they lost because Markstrom wore down. And for two consecutive seasons in the playoffs, he wore down because he played too much. Dow rode him too hard in two consecutive seasons. Um, you And that's why Dan Vladar is important in Calgary. I think the same thing here. I think Samsonov is going to be the guy. But you need Murray to get some games in it, 35 games minimum. And I'm not sure that's going to happen at this point because I think that injury could be nagging. And then then what do you do? You saw Michael Hutchinson yeah. or David Ayers, yeah. maybe? You bring him out of the uh, – The Hamburglar. Exactly. The so, exactly. So you're going to have – it's going to be a concern all season. I think the health of this team on the back end and the, in the net is going to be questioned until they can prove they can stay healthy and be effective all season. How about um, Bruce Boudreau um, going for a 600th NHL win? Uh, pretty, pretty awesome. It's going to be against the Washington Capitals. Um, listen, here's a guy. I played against him um, my first year. I remember coming in, and yeah. he was in the American Hockey League, and a great center iceman. He played for Moncton and mm-hmm. the Leafs farm team. Very good player. Never got that respect at the NHL level. Never really got the good, good shot with Toronto. Mm-hmm. And and then he goes to minor leagues to coach. He was in the East Coast Hockey League forever. Then George um, got him out of uh, the yeah. East Coast and got him up to the American League. And then God, he's done an unbelievable job. What do you think of uh, Bruce Boudreau as a coach? Uh, uh- I think he's a great guy. When he was in Anaheim, I covered him. He's easy to talk to, players coach, great regular season coach. And yeah. probably the last thing you want to be as a coach is a great regular season coach. Yeah. No, yeah. That, that, that's, you don't want to hear that. Like, you don't want to hear that you're great in the regular season because that means you're not great in the playoffs. Uh, look, he, he's going to have to figure out a way for this team to play better defensively. Uh, I mentioned last week that Tyler Mowers is out two to four weeks. They don't look good defensively. They lost their first two, two games. Didn't love the way they played. You know, they gave up that big lead against Edmonton. And they've been on the road for the third consecutive game. Um, they, they were a lot better team with Bruce than they were with uh, uh, Travis Green last season. Uh, but they got to start winning now. And they're on the road. They're on the East Coast still. Uh, maybe they get it because Washington doesn't look like, you know, Washington, I think the one team in the East, if you look at all eight teams from the playoffs last year, I think that's the team that you point at that's older, uh, that's injury, right? That has injuries. They don't have Backstrom. They don't have Tom Wilson, which are big time players for them. I think this is a good opportunity for Vancouver to win tonight. Um, didn't like that Vancouver won at the Philly and didn't, and, and didn't beat Flyers, although I'll give the Flyers credit. They're playing hard again under Torts. But this is a game that Vancouver needs to win. You wouldn't want to come out of the box in the Pacific Division. That should be better, 0-3. And when Bruce um, does get that, uh, get that plateau, he should celebrate it because that's not an easy thing to do. Yeah, no question. Not an easy thing to do, um, especially today. Um, with the iPads that I love so yep. much. <laughs> um, uh, how about Sonny Milano? He signs a one-year $750,000 contract with the Caps. Now, this kid's – I see you see a lot of this now, right? 26-year-old kid, mm-hmm. right? Uh, he, he, he had 20 assists, 14 goals, 20 assists last year for Anaheim. Not too bad. Like, what's the mm-hmm. deal with Sonny Milano? He goes from Columbus uh, – yeah. What's going on with this kid? Some guys bounce around. That's Some guys bounce around, and they're going from system to system. They can't acclimate to the system. He's a one-way player now. He's not a defensive player. He's not a 200-foot player. Yeah. Um, and the problem with he had was that he signed the PTO in Calgary, I think. 
He was never making Calgary, yeah. but it, I guess it was to showcase him to uh, other teams. And obviously this one team stepped up and signed him. He may give him some, some offense. He may give him some goals. Maybe he's a, a trade chip at the, at the, at the trade deadline, but that, that happens a lot where you have guys who, who can score goals in this league, um, at, but they can't seem to stick anywhere. Um, so uh, good for him to keep pushing, keep trying to get it in contract. Um, but again, he's going to be a bottom six player. So I think the hope is he comes into the lineup, gives the bottom six some offensive touch, which is always a challenge in this league, right? Your depth scoring. Yeah. He can score goals. He's proven he, he can be an offensive player. Anaheim, it wasn't a great season in Anaheim, and those games weren't of any importance. So you kind of minimize those numbers. But he could be productive. Again, it depends how much he plays and who he plays with on that on that roster to see if he can really be effective. He, I would think the start is going to be an extra forward. He's not going to go right into the lineup. He's got to integrate himself to the coaching staff, to the system, learn the system, learn the terminologies. And once he does, maybe by game 15 or so, you might see him in the lineup to give that lineup a little bit more punch. Cool. What about the NHL for you, uh, the beginning of the season here? Any surprises? Any Anything stick out for you? Uh, yeah, that uh, Chicago won a game. <laughs> I was, yeah, Philly's going to the playoffs. We know that now. They're two. <laughs> Philly's and- <laughs> going to playoffs, Tim, undefeated, 82 and 0. Uh, I, I, I think that the surprise of Chicago winning it, the other side of that is it's going to be a very long season in San Jose. Oh. All right. All right. Very, good luck to Mike Green and David Quinn. I know oh. David Quinn want to get back in the game and he did get back in the game, but sometimes careful what you wish for. Um, there's a major rebuild. They have some good players. Love Timo Meyer. Hurdle signed and wanted to stay there. Eric Carlson's a shadow of himself. He, he's not the same player. And that's the one thing I know they had Don Wilson, Doug Wilson appreciation night, but yeah. you can't appreciate Doug Wilson for signing him to that contract. That's a, that's a really an albatross on, on uh, around the neck of the uh, San Jose Sharks. He's just not the same player anymore. He doesn't have the mobility. Um, he's trying, he's, he's out there playing. He's playing 23, 24 minutes a night, but this is a long rebuild process. That's a very difficult team to watch. Um, and even with the players that I mentioned, they're really good offensively. They've scored six goals in four games. It's going to be a very long season in San Jose. And, and the question is who asks out. Um, the other surprise, and, and like Tim mentioned, Philadelphia. Look, I, I told you last week, they're going to play hard. They're going to block shots. They're going to be committed. And if they're not committed, the players aren't committed, they're going to sit out. They're going to sit on the bench. Look at Cam York. Cam York was supposed to be a defenseman in the future. He's now down in, you know, in Lehigh Valley in the AHL because he wasn't good enough to play. John doesn't care. John holds all the cards right now, right? He can do that because nobody – that team sucks so bad. You can't say, that. oh, I'm, I'm bigger than the coach and I have a bigger contract. Nah, it don't work like that. They, they, he brought him in for structure and, and for culture because I told you last, year, last week, I watched a team play last – it was a crime. It was crime to have 6,000 people in Philadelphia at the Wells Fargo Center for that franchise that has yeah. such a legacy and has such a connection to the city. And the other challenge is that the, you know, the other two teams in that city right now, they're doing yeah. pretty good. Yeah, right. Yeah, so that, yeah. so, that, yeah, so that, that, that doesn't really help. But again, I, I'm not surprised at, at look, I'm, am I surprised at 2-0? Oh, yeah, I am. I'm not surprised at the way they're playing because he got their attention. You have to buy in. They're going to, I guess, the box sides are going to be more structured defensively. And it really helps one player in particular, Carter Hart. Or as you would say, no, Carter Hart. Carter Hart. He he needed help, right? Because he was great the first year. The team had no structure, no defense in front of him, a really crappy team. If you're going to get that kid back to the level where he needs to be, it's with John Tortorello's coach. They may not score a lot of goals. They're not going to have 50 goal scores. They're not... 
make the playoffs, despite what we're saying right now. But again, it's really going to help Carter Hart. This is a pivotal season for Carter Hart because if John can at least put structure in there and they don't get wiped out where they're losing 3 nothing, 10 minutes into a game, that's certainly going to help him because he's certainly the goalie in the future. Good stuff. How, How's your stuff. take on Detroit? Detroit being 2 0. I know this is early on. I mean, we're two, you know what I mean? But yeah. they, I think personally, they looked pretty good. How about you? What do you think? Yeah. Well, they got that one line that's what, 6 3, 6 6, <laughs> yeah. and 6 8, right? The Legion of Doom, right? It's, it's, it's a new Legion of Doom, right? Rasmus' <laughs> son, Quist, and that uh, Soderblom kid who scored in front of his, his parents the other night in Detroit. Yeah. Look, I, they, they added a lot of parts, Tim. Like, you know, when you sign seven free agents, it's tough to say you're going to be a contending team, right? Mm-hmm. And now Tyler Bertuzzi's out four to six weeks. Verona's mm-hmm. missing tonight. They're going to play L.A. Uh, for some personal reasons. They're going to score goals. They're going to be entertaining. But they have to sign Bertuzzi. They have to sign uh, Dylan Larkin. Uh, I think the biggest challenge for this team is going to be on the blue line and, and the net. Like, do they have enough to, to play good defense? And look, in the first two games, they gave up two goals. So mm-hmm. that's, that's a good sign. Uh, so maybe they're ahead of the schedule. I don't see them as a playoff team because I don't see the team – other than Washington, like, do I think they're going to rise up and pass Washington? Washington would have to really have to have a really bad season, Tim, for that to happen. But if you trust Stevie, it comes down to trust. Do you trust mm-hmm. Stevie Eisman to repeat what he did in Tampa? If you do, then you think they're on the right track. And I do think they have parts here. Just signing all these free agents, having acclimated to get all that chemistry with a new coach in Lalonde, that's a big ask to say, okay, they're going to jump from what they had last season to a playoff. I, I don't see that happening. Uh, but again, I, I think they're on the right track. And anytime you can get off to a good start with a young team with a lot of new faces, that's a good thing for Detroit. I'm interested to see the game tonight because LA coming off what a crazy win on Saturday night in, in Minnesota, seven, seven to six. I, I'm not used to seeing that in LA. I'm used to like right. two, two and two, one game. So maybe the Kings are changing their identity, but good start for Detroit. But <laughs> I, I need to see more from that team to say, okay, this is a team that's going to be playing games of consequence, let's say in, uh, in February and March. All right, I'm going to be um, – I'm, I'm going to throw something out here. Connor Bedard, right? Mm-hmm. Let's not – we're figuring Arizona, but it would be a shame if this kid ends up in Arizona. In the desert, this hockey, this generational talent. I mean, can't we, can't we work something out here to get him <laughs> to a marquee team? To Montreal. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> No, keep losing games. Uh, I know it's going to be a race to the bottom. San Jose saying, okay, we might need them. So that team looks, uh, look, there's going to be a draft lottery. Who knows? Um, It's going to be a shame. Well, it would be a shame if they're going to continue to play in a 5,000-seat arena as Arizona State. I'm actually going out there for opening night to see what it's all about. But if they do build a 15,000-seat arena in Tempe, and it's a great city, and have your people from Scottsdale and Tempe going in there instead of playing in Glendale – it may not be such a bad thing. And remember, Nux, kind of a darn two season could be playing with Austin Matthews because Austin's from Arizona. Yeah, so right. Maybe, maybe, That's maybe it's not they such a bad thing. They could change the whole franchise around, right? The total. <laughs> they can, sir, he could go home. I don't think Austin's they'll going sell, home. They'll but, sell out that 5,000 seats. That's for sure. <laughs> they will. They, well, you know what? I, I've heard that they're making more money, more revenue being in this 5,000 seat because they scale up the tickets big time. Mm-hmm. Like They're not cheap seats. Um, they were they're going to make more money ticket revenue wise than they would in in Glendale because they would draw five or six thousand people. It'd be cheaper seats. So I'm really interested to see the atmosphere. That's why I want to go out and interested. And it's funny, Gary Bettman was in Los Angeles uh, opening night here in L.A. and I asked Gary if he was going to go out to uh, Arizona like we are for opening night. He goes, no, nah, 
He goes, it's a temporary home. I'll, I'll get there at some point in the season, but I, I don't have any plans to go. Imagine that, like going to a new – I get it, it's a temporary home, but you're going to a new building, and the guy's like, yeah, I'm good. I'm good. Peace out. I'll go to somewhere else. So it's, just, it's really interesting that he said he wasn't going to go there for, for open air. But, you know, look, Arizona's just – like if you, that's how you do a rebuild. Like, there's no halfway rebuilds. Here's what yeah. we're doing. Like, we're shipping everybody out. We're going to get all these draft picks. We're going to try to get it. They need to trade Jacob Chikrin. Too. They'll get some more, like get two or three more assets for him. Um, so look, it, it, when you when you have a franchise like that, there's less pressure because you don't have eighteen thousand people in the building every night saying, "Oh, this team sucks and we don't want to come," and the building's way empty. The optics for a team that's going to be really bad isn't going to be that bad because you don't have to sell five thousand, six thousand seats. So it's not going to be that bad. So, and I always said, look, it's a means towards an end. I get it. A lot of people criticize it. I don't. Because like, if you're really going to keep here, – here's the thing with the NHL. They have dug their heels so deep into Arizona in that market. Like, remember, yeah. they own the team out there. They've gone yeah. through so much. They're not leaving unless Tillman Fertitta, who owns the Houston Rockets, wants another tenant in this building in Houston and buys that team and moves them. They're not going anywhere. Sorry, people in Quebec City. They're not going there, right? They, they, they're so committed because it's a big market. It's the seventh largest media market in the U.S., they want it. They're going to stay there. And they're going to get, uh, unless something happens with the building, which I don't think is going to happen with the new building, they get the new building in, in, in Tepe and Scottsdale as an opportunity to be a really good franchise. Uh, but we'll see. Price, they have enough teams in the NHL now. Do you think, do you think they do expand again at some point? No. No. Well, right? well, here's the thing. When they do, it depends on the expansion fee. And then the owners put $20, $25 million check in their pocket. So maybe they do, but I, I don't. I don't see the market. The, uh, Houston obviously would be one, but ha, are they holding other markets off to, for relocation? But I don't really see a team that's going to relocate, right? I mean, the teams that you thought might re- relocate, like a Carolina back in the day, they're not relocating. Yeah. So yeah. I, I, I think we're good right now, to be honest with you, at, at, at this amount of teams. I don't, and I don't see the big market they could move into. Like you're not going to go to New Orleans. I mean, I, yeah. I, what cities are left, Knox? You're not going to go to another Canadian city because, yeah. you know, it's just it's not going to happen. So I, I, I would be shocked. Maybe Portland, and then you have a natural rivalry with Portland, Seattle, and yeah. Vancouver. Yeah. But I just don't see it. I, I think we're at a good spot right now. We have enough teams, and I think we have enough big markets covered. And the team, and, and not for nothing, in two or three years when the salary cap goes back up, I mean, this this – this league that was a gate-driven league, guys, survived the pandemic because I was worried, right? Because yeah. it's not like NFL where you get all this TV money. It wasn't like that. They survived. They're healthy. In two seasons, the, uh, the salary cap's going to go up probably $10 million, about $92 million. It's great. Like That's the whole thing. That's, I know people want to call me traditions. Don't change shit. Stop changing stuff. Don't change the playoffs. Like, yeah. don't expand. Like, just let it ride for a couple of years. They don't have to worry about a TV contract now. Like, you don't have to yeah. change stuff structurally. So unless there's some demand, unless some big-time owners, another billionaire wants to own a team, like, he doesn't have to get an expansion team. There's probably four or five teams that he could buy right now that teams would be that, that might be interested in selling. So I don't see expansion. I don't want to expand the playoffs, right? I, yeah. I just don't want to do it because I think the, 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 the game itself, Nux and Tim, are in a really good spot right now. Yeah, they are. There's no question. The original 32 is in great shape. No question about it. And uh, Dennis, <laughs> uh, awesome stuff. And we will uh, we'll do this again next week. Always a pleasure, guys. Thanks for the time. Appreciate being on the awesome podcast. So just do the